signings, Funko collecting and autographs, and even more new signings on this episode of the GraphCast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the GraphCast. I'm joined by my good friend, Andrew P. Luck. Recent birthday boy. What's up, Andy? How are you? Not too bad. Trying to uh, get everything done. I mean, uh, we've had a really busy week. Um, not many people knew that I was in Texas. I had work in Texas, had to deal with a NASCAR rain delay, so I didn't get enough sleep that week. And then right when I landed, I uh, went to go do James Con stuff uh, and then roll into uh, meeting you guys up and uh, organizing the signings for the uh, four people. Yeah, that's that right. So, yeah, we had our fall signing series. Of course, there's still a couple people outstanding. I'll talk about that later on. But Carl and Pedro and then our most recently announced Gina. Um, but we got a bulk of them. But let's talk about it a little bit. Um, just so everybody knows, I mean, we were very safe with this. You know, we got COVID tests, the whole nine yards, socially distanced. And I got some pictures up of myself and Omid, um, you know, at the signing that we did there at the at the hotel. Now, Andy, Omid, Omid's from Houston, where you were born and spent a big chunk of your life. And then I still live here. His family, what was the name of that funplex that his family owned? Fame City. Fame, Fame City, City was a was a mini mall that was a amusement park with video games and you know you know all the you know the grab the grab machines and right, a claws. bowling alley. Yep. I think they had a bowling alley too. They had bowling alley. So it's like a, a really big Dave and Buster's. His family lives in A Leaf, Texas, um, which is a suburb of uh Texas by uh, Westheimer. Yep, it's, not too close, it's not too far yep. from Westheimer. So uh, that's a whole area that I'm very familiar with. And uh, it was very funny to hear about it and how, how a big Houston Rockets fan he is. Huge Rockets fan. We were crying over the loss of Daryl Morey. And of course, recently breaking West, Russell Westbrook wins a trade, of course. Um, yeah. And here you are with the two beautiful, you know, I'm kind of bummed out because when we do these signings, I tend to miss out on the beautiful women and ladies that we've gotten to do signings with so far. But I've got a picture here of uh, Lauren Mary Kim and, of course, Julia Jones. And I wasn't there, but uh, I heard these signings went really well and the ladies were really cool. The ladies are awesome. I found out that, um, you know, uh, Lauren Mary Kim is actually Cantonese. Okay. Uh, so she's Chinese and, you know, we were talking about our heritage in Hong Kong and stuff like that. And, you know, she was awesome. But Miss uh, Julia Jones is a professional autographer. You know why? Why is that? Because when she was on the cast of Twilight, they sat the whole cast down, the cast down into big ballrooms to do multiple signings on posters and all kinds of like giveaway stuff for fans. And sure. she has her autograph down. Like the deco pen couldn't keep up with how, how fast she was going, and she went through easily six or seven brand new deco pens in, in a span of forty minutes. Yeah, but you know, and that's what I remember you telling us that. But uh, she was super nice, and of course, a beautiful lady. You guys had a blast. Now, the highlight oh, for me, yeah. at least, um, you know, and I know all of our, our fall signers are awesome. We got to spend time with the legendary Werner Herzog. Uh, we made the trip up to the hills. Got to spend some time at his house with uh, him and his beautiful wife, uh, Lena. Talk to us a little bit about our time with Werner. A le absolute legend. Uh, it was very funny because, you know, a couple of, of our members wrote down quotes for him, and he was like, that's not the quote I had. This is a quote I had. I go, well, 
why would you say that? You know, is like this is what it goes because I wrote it. It was for Nosferatu stuff. Yeah, that had people wanted the quotes. It was him. great. He said, "He said if we're going to do the quote, we're going to do it right." Because I wrote exactly. it. <laughs> it was something because like I that. Wrote it. And I was like, "Oh, and so damn!" But he was uh, a delight. He Very loves kind. Children. He loves children. Tell that story, Andy. Tell the brief anecdote about uh, we heard the children laughing playing in the yard next door. Tell the story. Yeah, so we, we were doing the signing in his back patio area, um, and there were children playing all over, screaming and stuff like that. And I would think that an old man like him would be like, ah, I'm, I'm not, you know, these kids. But, you What's know, he ended up with, he was like, I love children. And I, if there wasn't sound of children, there is no life. And I was like, wow, this guy is a delight and that's when Adam was started talking about his daughter I started talking about my daughter you're talking about your son and then Amanda was not talking about anything about children <laughs> but, uh, it, was a, it was a great experience uh, he took his time signing everything he took his time with the quotes um, he doesn't understand a little bit about the character name um, but he he was very he was very kind. Uh, I mean, he was a, a, a absolute delight. He was a gentleman is the way I would phrase it. Another thing, too, is that I got to ask him, and you might remember this, Andy. I was asking him, you know, because um, whenever, you know, we didn't want to distract him. Of course, he was very focused on signing. But I said, what did you think about working on The Mandalorian with the new way that they're shooting things? And he said, you know, finally, filmmaking is returning to its original medium where an actor gets to actually kind of be in an environment and not against a bunch of blue or green screens which I thought was really cool to get his insight being a legend. And then another fun story that we got was that when he was in, uh, was it in Japan, he showed us this, one of his autographs in his collection he was very proud about. He said he had the opportunity to meet the emperor and he sat around this table and said, uh, you know, I don't want to meet the emperor. Uh, no, thanks. And then he said, felt, you know, kind of embarrassed and then, um, you know, told the story about how he wanted to meet the last surviving Japanese soldier from World War II who didn't surrender until 30 years after the fact. So, I mean, just to spend time with, with Werner, uh, I got to talk a little bit about Klaus Kinski with him, and if you're familiar with his career at all, the work with uh, Aguirre and you know uh, all their stuff or My Best Fiend, please check out that documentary if you haven't had the opportunity. And Andy, right before we watched Grizzly Man, I was like, guys, we got to watch Grizzly Man uh, before we went to do it. So Ver Werner was great, and, and what a treat, am I right? It, it was it was it was amazing because I was asking him about Grizzly Man while you were moving boxes in. I was like, so why didn't you show? the footage of him getting eaten by the bear that yeah. would have been like the uh the job the, the jaw drop right he was like well it was so gross it was like people have cell phone videos of people falling from the 9-11 from the from the twin towers right yep. and and there are videos graphic videos but nobody ever shows them right it was just a sign of respect of a person's last seconds and by what we said already was already enough for right. people to know how gruesome it really was because I believe the whole attack was on film. He taped his own death and his girlfriend's. Yeah, which is which is absolutely crazy, and you're right. If you haven't had a chance to check that out or research any or check out any of Werner's other films, he's been in a ton of stuff now. Andy, the main topic this week, we're going to be talking about Funko collecting. I've got a secret, Andy. And I don't think people know this. You're a bit of a fun co-collector yourself. 
I'm, I'm starting <laughs> to get into it. I started really by winning uh, a Funko ra- a raffle for celebration. I've won two two celebrations in a row of Funko Pops. Um, so I do have a good amount, and I have gotten a lot signed over the years. And uh, right now with the Mandalorian, it's just it's like rabbits are starting to multiply. I know. Yeah, I noticed that too. Walked into your garage. I'm like, wait a second here. Um, so, okay, Andy, well, you know, let's get to our main interview this week. We got Quincy, we got Dev um, on the Funko, and let's see what that's all about. Awesome. I can't wait to hear what they have to say. So, this week's topic, we're going to be talking about Funko Pops. Of course, a lot of the old school collectors, you know, the Pete Chukas of the world, maybe the Steve Grads, aren't as big on the Funko Pop. It's kind of that fad that. You know, we thought would kind of go away the Beanie Baby, but here it is, and it's one of the hottest items to get signed. This week, I'm joined by SWAU members, both Mike Dev and Quincy Beach, Funko Collector Extraordinaires. Um, and guys, let's let's kind of dive right into it. And Dev, I'll start with you. Like, okay, how did you get into Funko Pop collecting? So actually, I was given a gift uh, a number of years ago when I was in college. Um, and I was given two pops. I was given a Winnie the Pooh pop because I grew up loving Winnie the Pooh. And then later on, I was given a King Leonidas pop from 300 because I'm Greek and my I have Spartan blood. And so I just kind of started there. I put them on my desk. I actually threw away the Winnie the Pooh box and the Leonidas box I kept for some reason. The Winnie the Pooh pop ended up being something like $300, something oh. crazy with the box. But, you know, I still have them on my, right behind me on my, on my desk over here. Just collect them because you like them. They look cool. They look interesting. And um, they're fun. You know, they're nothing too serious. But I, I enjoy them. All right, Quincy, I'm going to go over to you. So, Funko Pops, talk about it. How would you get started? Um, Well, I was in my local comic book store. And, I, you know, Ultron was about to come out. Uh-huh. And I, oh, Captain America, Hulk. I'm like, I won't, uh, these will be the only two I get. And then eventually it ended up to, like, something like, over 200 oh, so. I love just, it not not married yet are you are you Quincy no okay we'll see if those Funko Pops make the transition one day <laughs> uh, speaking from experience so you know and, and I the first correlation that that like you hear all the time in terms of Funko Pops is like Beanie Babies right you kind of Funkos are you know manufactured rarity we have a lot of convention exclusives or they're out for a limited time you know, I think Funko's already kind of outrun the Beanie Baby. I mean, do you guys see Funko collecting going on indefinitely, or do you think there's a it's going to be a pog? Maybe Dev will get that. Quincy, you're too young. Is it going to fall out of style <laughs> at some point? I mean, they they've been around for about ten years now. I feel like almost. I mean, they've they've kind of they've outlived Beanie Babies for certain. There's no question about that. Um, and the thing that's different about pops, in my opinion, is that they they've made pops for everything. So there's a pop for. There's a pop for, you know, every movie, every TV show, every genre, every specific category of TV shows and movies, and even Star Wars. I mean, you have pops from video games, um, Star Wars video games, Star Wars movies, Star Wars TV shows, each standalone movie. You get deep cuts of characters. You get, you know, you get prison. Art. You get Prison Mike, or you get... Uh, yes. The, the other day, I just saw... Uh, I was out in California with Andy, and we were at the Universal City Walk or whatever, and they had Michael out in the forest where he's doing survival training with uh, Michael. Michael yeah, and, yeah, and he's got the tie around his head. Yeah, he's got the tie yes. around his head and everything. Yeah, so I mean, I, they've made they've made each and every one of Dwight's Halloween costumes. I think as amazing. They made the Dwight as the Sith Lords, uh, Dwight as the Scranton Strangler, Dwight as Recyclops, Dwight as Recyclops. 
maps, everything. It's just it's really cool. That's awesome. And like, and with the variants too, like, like he said, uh, the white with or Cyclops. There's like all three different versions of him from like right. ones that you know you have to collect. Or if someone doesn't like this certain variant, there's always a different variant with something different, either major or minor that some might like rather or over the other one. Exactly. You know, a lot of a lot of people say they they harp on the the manufactured rarity of it. You know, I mean, we're we're creating something that's limited to drive up its value and therefore interest and be more collectible. And I hear that and I get that, but that's no different than you know our tops friends that'll buy. Oh, well, hey, this card's signed by Gina Carano, or it's a purple, or it's a pink, or it's a fuchsia, or it's a sepia. You know, it's the same card, but this is worth you know two hundred dollars because it's a different, a different color. I mean, I think the manufacturerity has been around in collecting forever, even since Power of the Force figures with Toy Fair Vader yep. and all that stuff, right, Mike? Absolutely, you know, it's kind of the way things are with with toy collecting or any any collectible collecting. I mean, look at comic books, look at action figures, look at. Um, Anything you know, art even sometimes art prints is that it's just the way Mondo it is. I mean, people give, looking at yeah, you. Mondo prints. People give pops I think a, a bad rap sometimes because of the man- manufactured rarity of it. But you look at it; it's comparable to literally anything else out there. So it's um, just people enjoy them. People they make people happy. All right, Quincy, I'm gonna throw it over to you. What's your most valuable pop unsigned? Um, I got a Captain Rex New York Comic Con exclusive, well shared exclusive. And it's worth like two hundred twenty to two hundred fifty dollars. That's crazy. And so, did you get that like in a uh, in a raffle, or like did did everybody did you have to wait in line to get it at the con, or did you buy it online, or what? Um, I showed up late to my local Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> like, they open at eleven. I showed up at three o'clock. They had the last. <laughs> I grabbed it, and it just shot up in price, which was ridiculous. Well, like crazy. I was like, you know, you never think that something. Just will shoot up like that when you pay twelve dollars for it. Dev, yeah. is is that because people are coming in late and collecting late? You think like they're getting in after the Absolutely. fact? I missed the boat, right? So I mean, I look at even like you know, um, I've been I've been collecting Star Wars stuff, especially for most of my life, and pops now for the better part in in a way in some capacity, but for the better part of the last you know ten years or so. Um, I don't have anywhere near as many as Quincy, but I, I just enjoy them. But, I mean, you look at, like, the Rebels cast, for instance, right? So the Rebels pops. They had the whole line of Rebels figures. And, um, you know, Kanan, Chopper, Ezra, Zeb, Sabine, Hera. And those pops were not very expensive pops whatsoever. I mean, they were, like, you know, $10 pops. And then after Rebels ended, um, and after people kind of caught up to Rebels after the show was over, they really just exploded in value. I mean, I, I was looking for a Sabine one for a friend um, at Celebration last year, before Celebration, and those pops were, like, selling for almost, um, like, the, the Sabine one was, like, $50, just just basic base Sabine. It was insane. Um, you know, so pops, I think, carry a lot of value because people catch up to them later. I think... 100%. I think... One of the things that I kind of like about pops, I don't have a lot of pops signed. I don't have a lot of pops. Period. I got a few I picked up at conventions, or that I've inherited from. I think I've got a Hagrid over there, like a giant Hagrid. My son gave me a, a couple of years ago. But like you know, I think a part of it too is that the aesthetic of it, right? I mean, you know, I used to collect the Power of the Force two figures, and you would see like they all had the orange card, similar size, and they just looked all nice presentable next to each other and that's what i think is kind of cool about the pops is because there's a continuity right you can stack all those suckers over the years you can collect everyone in the number i mean they do a really really good job 
Yeah, I think one of the cool things about that, and Quincy, you probably can jump in here too in a second, is that like I collect, I have a wide variety of things that I enjoy. So I, you know, I like soccer, I like Star Wars, I like Marvel, I like you know different movies, and you can have a pop from Blade Runner and a pop from you know uh, Rebels and a pop from you know Manchester United next to each other, and they all look well together. They all look in the same family, the same genre. By they just they they work well together, so you don't have a lot of clashing you know, goofiness sometimes with pops, which is nice. It's a nice way you can, they all stack up nicely too. You can display them and they just look cool. And it's not weird on the shelf. It's like, you know, you know how much space is going to take up. Whereas you can have different figures, different sizes and just all over the place. And you don't know how to display it where pops, you can just stack them up and display them like you're at a store or something. Absolutely. No. And they they look really cool. Okay. So I want to talk about, getting pops signed. It seems like the next natural evolution. I was talking to you guys before we did this segment on the show today. By far, the most popular thing to get signed beyond photos and posters and some of the stuff that I've seen are pops. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Pops, by far the most popular thing to get signed. Was it just a natural progression? And I mean, it's not, Dev, when we talk about this too, it's not just autograph collectors, it's con goers. Hey, I want to get my pops signed. Um, you know, I was in the line for Amelia Clark in Houston, all these, you know, Daenerys pops, all these Kira pops, and they weren't autograph collectors. They were just fans because those are easily accessible action figures. What is it with people getting pops signed? I think it's just that people, people like every, everybody has a pop pretty much. It's, you're going to be hard pressed anymore to find someone unless you're Pete Shuka without a single (laughs) pop in your life. Um, but I kind of want to get Peter Pop too, 100%. but I think that um, it's everyone because everyone collects something. That's kind of what Funko has like kind of based their their mantra on is that everybody has something they enjoy, whether it's Wizard of Oz or you know sports or you know Star Wars. So everyone has a pop they can have in their life, and they look nice on the shelf, they look nice on the desk, they look nice in an office or on you know in a closet, whatever. So they look cool. I mean, pops like here, your prime example. These are ones that I, I got Billy D. Williams from. Um, from Cool Waters and the Snap Wexley actually sent to Greg Runberg through the mail, flattened, and he signed it for me with a donation. So you can really, they look, there's different ways to collect pops, which I think appeals to a lot of people because, you know, it's, it's, it's a different thing than a photo and people like them and they're, you know, they're, they're relevant right now. People enjoy them. Quincy, I want to ask you now, and Dev just mentioned it. I think the flattening of the pops is a big deal too, because a lot of the times, you know, a few signers excluded, if you flatten the pop, you get to pay a flat rate. And then it's also easier to ship and transport. Is it hard to like take the pops out of the boxes and then reassemble? Like, does that affect the value at all? Are there like some pop purists out there? They're like, Oh no, you, you did something to it. Or is it pretty much indistinguishable? There are some, but I think most people, as long as it's not, completely banged up like you could have like for me personally take it out from the bottom and that might leave a crease on the flap on the bottom but not many people are going to be really looking for that crease on the bottom in my opinion it's where you have those corner dings those tears those rips you know loose window or something like that that's going to make people go uh i don't like that right i think if you take it out carefully don't don't mess up the box it's pretty easy from there you know, it's funny. I, I, I'm, I'm a toy collector. I'm a Star Wars toy collector, and uh, first and foremost. But um, I've learned that pop collectors put toy collectors to shame in so many ways. You know, they're really passionate about the integrity of, of pops. Like this is a, 
a K. This is my uh, my uh, my IG11 signed by Taika that I got signed when he was in Hawaii. Um, remember the group Bryce actually helped me out with that, and then I got this J.J. Abrams Dio um, signed as well from an IP grapher that I really like because I really enjoyed Dio and I like J.J. So it's a cool little a cool little token essentially of um, Rise of Skywalker, which I really enjoyed Dio and my favorite parts of that movie. So I, I like that pops can really kind of be a specific moment that you enjoy in in a movie or a, a piece of a piece of media you know they're making them now like here the emphasis nest i love the design of emphasis nest and i got that sound by aaron kellerman last year at celebration and my k2so pop i got with a little quote on it uh, congratulations you're being rescued by alan tudyk and he um he did it in the voice when he signed it for me which i really enjoyed so i think it looks cool and usually i think that when you cover the whole window with a a quote or an inscription it can get a little bit a little bit messy, but I really like the way that one looks because I think it's just, it's still, he's got neat handwriting and it's pretty tight and compact. Quincy, what's the deal with the crazy pins and signed Funkos? I mean, the color the color spectrum is ridiculous with you guys. Um, I really don't have much experience with the colored pins because I'm more of like, I'm still getting into signed pops. Actually, Debellis was the person that gave me my first two signed pops. So it's something that I'm venturing into that I'm curious about and definitely want to get to learn more about but i think all the fun colors make it a lot you know, it's a wide wide rainbow and you get to shoot no that's okay i mean it's it's a wide it's variety yeah no, no i mean you're talking about a, a wide variety of different colors and it does look neat unless you're the one running mm-hmm. the signing and then all of a sudden you're like oh god <laughs> somebody you know somebody where's the where's the purple rainbow you know and you're trying to get it out and tap it on the thing you know and do all this stuff dev what's up with the colors you know i think that people just like having um popping them pop for you know no pun intended but um <clears throat> i think that the <laughs> you know blue is i think You'll find most often at conventions, I think the blue and yellow are the two colors most often signed, uh, at least in my experience. Um, and then every so often you're going to get you get other other colors, other variations. You know, you get pinks and I like having a little bit a little bit of symmetry to it. I like it to at least some in some capacity try to match at least, you know, match the figure in some way. I like to not have it look super over the top and be super. I, I don't want it to be jarring, I guess is the word I'd say. But, um, you know, Funko Pop collectors love paint pens because paint pens look good in the window. I definitely recommend every time I see somebody at a convention or, you know, asking about a signing to stay away from Sharpie if possible. Um, I think it just paint pens look a lot better. They really they really look nice. They really show up well on a, on a Funko Pop window. But, you know, sometimes even when you're going through a signing or you're going in person or at a convention, you don't always get your, your first choice. You know, Carrie Fisher signed my, signed my Pop. Um, at Wizard World Chicago when I when I met her, and she just decided she she insisted on signing an orange, and I said okay, um, I'm not going to argue with Carrie Fisher, but it, it looks pretty cool. I mean, I like the way it looks on the on the figure, and it, she signed it in a nice little spot towards the bottom, so it doesn't really it's not too jarring. But um, I like my Carrie Fisher pop quite a bit. I'm eventually going to get to the image. You know, we're, <laughs> we're working on it. And people, you know, we're, we're used to doing this. But, you know, one of the things that I really want to ask you guys about, what is are, are pops going away anytime soon? Dev, I'll start with you. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Uh, I know people like to give them a lot of, a, a lot of uh, trash talk. But um, they become part of our, our, our society, our culture, I think, and autographing and, and collecting. And ironically enough, I mean, you, you look at it, um, Power of the Force 2 figures were the butt of a lot of jokes for a number of years. 
and even though those now are, um, you know, they're still relevant, they're still around. And that's been what almost twenty. There's my Carrie Fisher pop, but yeah, Power of the Force two figures have been around for a long time, and those are the butt of jokes, and they're still relevant today. So, I don't see pops going anywhere anytime soon. I think they're they're here. People like them. There's enough people that really enjoy them. They're they're going to be here to stay. And one thing I want to throw in too is that you mentioned there's a pop for everything, and you know, like I feel in a lot of ways, it's it's like the old school traditional method of hey, there's a new movie coming out or a new show. And there's got to be an action figure line, or there's got to be a this line. No, yes. we're just going to release like five pops. We're good. They'll sell. They're cheap, you know, and rock on down the road. Quincy, what do you think? Well, go, going off of you, there's hundreds of licenses that they get a year. So there's might be a movie, a show from way back when that they will pick up and they'll just start branching out and making hundreds of pops. And, yeah, I mean, go ahead, sorry. Well, yeah, just it can be most obscure things like monuments or something like that. Like they'll find something, they'll go back and find something, they'll look in the future and they'll make something out of it. One of the coolest things every year for work, I go to New York Toy Fair. So we have a we have a, a booth at New York Toy Fair every year, and I go there and I get to walk around the show a little bit. And I walk, I walk into the Funko booth every year, and I mean it's it's really cool to see the stuff they come up with for for their licenses for the year. I mean you get you get stuff. And this year they're doing Blade Runner, original Blade Runner for the first time, which is just kind of that movie came out in the eighties. Yeah. And I mean they're doing Blade Runner pops now, and there's still people that are clamoring for them. So I mean it's kind of it's like, you know, there's not really many Blade Runner action figures or much Blade Runner memorabilia or collectibles. But, I mean, Pops, people can put them on their desk. I mean, I have, an, I have right over here on my desk, I have my uh, I have my Tony Stark um, the snap, Endgame Pop yeah. on my desk. So the Snap one, it looks really cool. It's right next to my computer. So there's stuff you can, like, they have little moments. They do a really good job of encapsulating them in a, in a single moment for Pops. So, okay. Devilus. Yes. What is your favorite signed pop that you own? Um, you know what? I'm going to do two. I'm going to give you st- uh, Star Wars and non-Star Wars. How about okay. that? Um, for Star Wars, I'm going to say Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. And for non-Star Wars, I'm going to say my Captain America uh, first Avenger pop of World War II cap that I got signed by Chris Evans. Okay. What would be your to die for signed pop? Like which one is like, man, I got, I would love to have that one. Wow. Put me in the spot. I mean, I you know, if it fell in my lap, I'd love to get you know. I think a Harrison Ford Indiana Jones pop would be pretty cool. Um, but unfortunately, I think the prices on that would kind of discredit me would a little. Kill bit. You. Yeah, he would kill you. He would kill you, but not for the magic marker king of the Midwest. I mean, come <laughs> on. Uh, all right, Quincy, which one is your favorite pop, my friend? Um, I have to say my my uh, snow. I I don't know. Like, again, I said it, it was from DeVellos. I appreciate it. He sent it out of the kindness of his heart. So it's, I'm, never, I'm probably never going to let go. Um, uh, yeah, that's pretty what, much. What's, your, what's, your, what's the pop on your wish list the most? It can be signed or unsigned. Any pop hmm. that you want. Um, I'm really, I think I want Ashley Eckstein to sign all my Ahsoka pops. How many There's Ahsoka like, pops do you have? I think there's like five different varieties. There's like five different ones so far. Maybe two more are coming. I, so seven I know there's times. one for sure, and I might know some guys that are running a signing. I don't know. Maybe go to <laughs> SWAU.com. All right, guys. So thanks so much to Quincy, to Andy, one of my co-hosts, and also to Dev for joining us this week to talk about our most recent private signings and then also talk a little bit about Funko collecting 
I got to tell you, it is getting super popular and you guys would be amazed at how many items that we receive for any of the signings that we're conducting or also just check out, you know, any of your favorite marketplaces, either the Star Wars Autograph Universe sales group or check out eBay or anywhere else. Funkos, there's a lot going on in terms of the autograph community. So a couple of things I want to talk about before we get out of here for the week. Just want to refresh everybody's minds. Reminder, we've got Matt Lanter, who's still available uh, for sale. You can grab his autograph over at SWA.com. And don't forget the illustrious Ahsoka herself, Miss Ashley Eckstein, um, is still got a, a signing that's currently opening. Don't forget the Mandalorian. Uh, Pedro Pascal is doing his second signing with us. It's scheduled to take place sometime Q4. Also, uh, Apollo Creed, uh, Mr. Karga himself, Carl Weathers, and recently announced this week our second signing with the beautiful and probably deadly, admittedly so, uh, at least if you listen to our, our boy Latif uh, Crowder, uh, Miss Gina Carano is going to be conducting her second ever private signing with SWAU. So don't forget to head over to SWAU.com. Check it out. What well, we've got going over there, some other signings going on. And that will do it this week for the GraphCast on this episode. Stay tuned here in a couple of weeks. Pay attention to our social feeds. Check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. And if you're not a part of the Star Wars Autograph Universe on our Facebook page, please come be a part of our group. It's a community. We love talking about autographs and everything Star Wars. And don't forget every Friday night, whenever there's a new episode of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus airing, you can join myself, Broderick, Pete Chuka, one of my co-hosts on the GraphCast, and an assortment of characters to talk about the hit show, The Mandalorian, that's capturing the world by storm right now. Once again, I am Tom. Thanks for checking out the GraphCast. We'll see you next time.